Forte, and for four years of my life, I was part of a cult. The organization looked nice and sweet on the outside, but it did a lot of damage to many people on the inside. After sharing my experiences with others, they helped me come to terms with the fact that we were in a cult, and now I speak out about that trauma while giving others a chance to do the same. Welcome to my podcast series, I Was in a Cult. Welcome back to I Was in a Cult. It's your boy, Forte. I had a awesome opportunity to interview a person who, along with the, his wife, oversees a Facebook community for people who either they still believe in God and still follow Christ those who don't, those who identify as agnostic, those who identify as atheist, whatever you want to call it. Um, just a few different people I've just been able to interview. And it's been, um, I said that wrong, sorry. Just a bunch of people who, you know, I relate to. And it's been awesome to be able to have this person be a part of the podcast because, you know, he's given me a platform to share this podcast with other people in the group. And so it's pretty cool that, you know, I've shared, I want to say, you know, at this point, 50 some odd episodes. And um, I think that's truly been the driving force behind this podcast. So I just want to give a shout out to Derek, who, uh, along with his wife, like I said, uh, they are deemed or considered your favorite heretics. And, um, just being able to um, listen to him share his own experience was a treat as well. And, you know, I mean, there's always something you can gain from listening to other people and his story um, isn't any different. So we're going to take a quick break, (laughs) basically a short musical interlude and jump right back into it. Welcome back to I Was in a Cult. It's your boy Forte. It has been a while since I have done any interviews. Um, Just need to take a little bit of time. You know, my brain is just kind of, and it's not even, you know, nothing heavy or anything. I'm in a good place right now with um, the sharing of the interviews and the stories. And I think a lot of it has to deal with, you know, I've kind of taken a back seat with sharing my experience and the organization I was a part of and just kind of giving other people a chance to share their own experiences within all sorts of different um, situations they've been a part of. And that might have, you know, definitely helped out uh, when it comes to my mental health and stuff. And, you know, things have just been kind of busy. So I needed just a little bit of a break to kind of, you know, do things. But um, I'm excited to get things going again. And I'm really excited about this interview. Um, for, I would say, a good bit of you that listen to the podcast, you've probably seen the advertising of it um, from this Facebook group, Your Favorite Heretics. And, um, and I'm grateful to them for just giving me the opportunity to share um, my podcast on their site. You know, I'm on other groups and I tried to share it there and they kind of just, you know, flag me and say, yeah, you can only do it on a specific day. And I come back on that day and then I can't share it. And I'm just like, OK, these are weird rules. But I understand it's not my group. You know, you, you got to keep it dynamic and stuff like that. But this one, um, you know, I, I submit it, they approve it. And then, you know, I've 
I, I want to say a good bit of people who have been listening to the podcast um, are members of this group as well. And, you know, um, and rightfully so. Uh, th- this group has been responsible for me helping me find my way as I walked away from Christianity two years ago and just kind of figuring out what I'm doing with my life. Um, I've shared a lot of things that have gone on. Some of it was with the cult. Some of it was with my own family. Some of it was just been with other friends and things like that. Um, no judgment. And we've, it's been a safe space. It's been a lot of things. And um, really grateful that when I asked this individual um, to come on and, you know, get interviewed that they, you know, they didn't hesitate. So I'm really grateful for this. Um, for those of you who are in the, your favorite heritage group, you will know this individual. He's one of the admins. He is one half of your favorite heretics. Um, my new friend, I think he's a good guy. I think I, you know, I love the input that him and his wife share and I'm just very grateful to have him here. So if you will not, um, if, if you don't mind, if we will, welcome to the IWIAC universe, my friend, Derek, Derek, welcome to the show. What's up. What's up. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, grateful to have you part of our group and, uh, yeah, grateful to be on the show. It's, it's going to be a fun time just getting to chat and, you know, uh, getting to, to dive into things. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. So let's just, you know, let's just jump into it, Derek. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, just tell us about your journey, how you kind of got from, you know, because um, like the majority of the people in the group, well, I wouldn't even say the majority, but let's just say the people in the group, um, many of them were a part of a faith and they have walked away from that faith and, you know, they've just kind of been navigating life uh, through that. Why don't mm-hmm. you just share your story, um, whatever um, that story may be, and just kind of give us a little, you know, just an introduction to yourself and, you know, kind of how you got to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I grew up, um, you know, within evangelicalism, uh, particularly non-denominational evangelicalism, I guess, Yeah. you know, uh, so, which is it's funny because, um, you know, for a long time, non-denominational churches were trying to differentiate themselves like from right. other denominations, but it's basically become a denomination, yeah. which is the irony of it all. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, so I, I, you know, kind of that typical raised in the Christian home thing, prayed the prayer when I was like three or four years old with no memory, you know, <laughs> baptized shortly after that, grew up going to church every Sunday faithfully, uh, you know, uh, was really, really, uh, you know, um, introduced to a lot of like the, uh, moralism, I guess, and the rule following when it came to a lot of like church culture, um, that, that began to, I guess, affect a lot of how I understood God and, and spirituality as a whole. So I think a lot of my upbringing, I had this, this perception of, you know, um, the divine as being kind of like a, a, a rule master, like just, you know, someone who's constantly demanding perfection and, you know, this like, you know, obedience and this like uh, spotless behavior where you don't say, you know, four letter words or you don't, you know, have sex before you're married or, you know, you don't, uh, you make sure you to do all the right things too. You know, I was... I remember as a kid, like in during summer, I would tell my friends I couldn't hang out because I had to read the Bible. And like a lot of my friends weren't church friends. Like they they were, you know, my neighborhood. They, you know, I had some friends who were Jewish and I had some friends who, you know, uh, were atheist. And I had some friends who were maybe kind of loosely Christian or whatever. But 
I don't know. It, it just was funny because I, I just had this immense pressure that like I needed to perform, uh, you know, do all the right things. Um, you know, that, and that's not a very sustainable way of like living life as a whole, but I think, you know, I, I started deconstructing, I, you know, uh, to an extent, you know, my, uh, probably when I was like 20, um, you know, right around then. And then it kind of just started more and more and, and picked up intensity. And then when I finally had language for it, that was like when shit hit the fan. Right. So, um, anyway, like after I had gone to Bible college, it's where I met Rachel, um, you know, thought I was, we were going to be missionaries in England of all places, which sounds kind of funny to be missionaries there. But I was like, <laughs> you know, I felt called there, felt like, you know, it's post-Christian, like it's, you know, a lot of people aren't like churched and stuff like that. So anyway, long story short, uh, we took the, the typical Bible college fast track, got engaged after like five or six months of dating. Yeah. We eloped six months after, we're pregnant a month after that. We moved to a new country. And then into the first trimester, Rachel's having this like, uh, you know, crisis of faith slash also, you know, uh, difficult time. Just like overall, she had um, gone through her religious trauma, um, you know, in particular and as a result of, you know, a relationship with a, a mentor who got really sucked up into conspiracy theories around eschatology. And that really just sent her in a very dark place. She had gone on a um, a missions trip where, you know, she had basically been receiving all of these messages about obscure YouTube videos that were showing how all these signs pointed to Jesus coming back like any day now. And so Rachel just was filled with this intense anxiety. So all this was like building up, building up, building up. We're in a new country. She's newly pregnant. We're newly married. Uh, you know, we're trying to figure out life and all of this stuff is just like looming in the background and it just kind of like hit the fan. And so that was like her, her deconstruction, like the beginning of hers really. But we moved back to the States, ended up calling Georgia home. That's where Rachel grew up. And, uh, you know, from there, our son was short, born shortly after, um, in, uh, 2016 and, when I first became a dad, I remember looking at my son and that's really when my like formal quote unquote deconstruction started. I thought to myself, there is no way anything that my son could do, uh, whatever it would ever lead me to, uh, hurt and harm him or punish him to the point of, you know, causing harm or torture. Like, and so I couldn't imagine why a God who's supposed to be love would ever do anything to uh, like eternal hell, uh, like sending someone to be tormented forever, um, to, to those yeah. who he calls his children. So for me, it was like, either I'm more loving than God as a father or my idea of what the divine is, is completely fucked. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, you know, really, uh, start digging into this. And I remember as I was starting to stumble across different thinkers who were, you know, considered heretics by a lot of people. Um, you know, guys like Peter Hyatt, who was really foundational for me, uh, came across other folks like Brad Jersack. I remember William Paul Young had a couple podcasts I listened to. He's the author of The Shack. Uh, and just some other folks as well that really changed the way that I understood, you know, um, what uh, what happened around the doctrine of hell and, and why it's been so convoluted. 
And I, I, it was such a, a stark contrast and a drastic kind of like turning on the light to see all the bullshit of the theology I was spoon fed that unfortunately I just wasn't at a place in my life where I was able to like fully tackle it. I remember telling Rachel and she wasn't like fully there theologically, like she was going through her own process, but I remember sharing with her, like, I don't know what I think about hell. Like I'm coming across all this stuff. Like, what do you think? She's like, uh, I don't know about that. I I, I looked into that myself a, a while back and I, I don't think, I don't think so, Derek. So I was like, okay, maybe I should, maybe I should shelf this. <laughs> uh, maybe I, I can't be open with my questioning. So anyway, um, some time went on and I was working at a company that did legal compliance for churches and ministries, getting their 501c3 and stuff, which if you want to see the underbelly of the church, you know, go ahead and work at a church. But this was like a whole other side of just like grossness. So anyway, I, um, I, I was there for a while and I was listening to these pastors being like, I want to save souls from hell. And here I am thinking like in the back of my head, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like I, this, this mounting pressure of cognitive dissonance of like, I can just either keep stuffing these questions deeper and deeper and trying to keep it on the shelf or, you know, the weight of my questions is going to completely cause my, my shelf to collapse, if you will. Mm. So I, I got to that point where, I was able to leave the job, not for any reasons necessarily related to that, more because I was given an opportunity for a more flexible and and better paying opportunity. So I I left there and that was kind of when I was like, ah, I've got the space and the freedom to like actually take this back off the shelf and like start diving into this and not being afraid. But I remember there was like that, that beginning sense when you're starting to deconstruct where there was such a sense of like, oh my God, like, am I alone in this? Number one. And number two, like, what if I'm wrong? What if, what if I am sent to hell for questioning these things? Like, what if, you know, all those, those, um, what if questions that, you know, make you think that you're wrong for what you're doing. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, no, I can't shake this. You know, it's like when you, when you see something, you can't unsee it. Right. Right. And I remember, you know, being like, no, everything that I'm uncovering just rings so true in my spirit. I, I like it just so resonates within me. Like I cannot pretend that this isn't true. Like what I'm what I'm uncovering the the BS that I was fed about, you know, eternal torment or biblical inerrancy or, you know, um, like penal substitutionary atonement and some of these other things that were these huge pillars that were upholding this angry judgmental God who was two-faced on one hand was loving and kind toward me, but anybody who didn't believe he was wrathful and just the the most terrifying being that you could ever come across. So it's like, you know, talk about a mind fuck and talk about something that is really just going to keep people stuck. And I remember just wrestling between feeling immense freedom and peace, but also having this real, you know, worry and a lot of like the judgment of others Um, I remember when I went public with my thoughts around hell, you know, it was like hundreds and hundreds of people commenting on my Facebook, which of course is like the best place to share anything. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember like I had people who I went to church with who unfriended me. Um, uh, But like, I mean, right around that time is when I first came across a Facebook group who ironically that one of the leaders of that Facebook group was one of my former Bible college professors who had deconstructed himself, which was just such a full circle moment for me. 
but it was so funny to to go through that but i had it not been for community had it not for been meeting some people who were questioning the same things experiencing the same things like i don't know where i'd be um you know and that was that was really like my personal deconstruction and i think experiencing just like a taste of what that was like was really the motivation behind us starting our own facebook group yeah um so you know and i guess uh speaking of our facebook group i mean what originally started your favorite heretics was when rachel and i crossed paths in our deconstruction uh, you know she was getting her religious studies degree um you know i was doing my own personal study um and and we just found ourselves kind of at this like similar point and you know a lot of our our relationship we we didn't see eye to eye on much and you know to this day we really don't we're we're very different which yeah. is you know beautiful and can be challenging um but i think that um why i say all that too is you know it, it was around that time that rachel was like hey we're getting all these people questioning us and asking us what we believe and why you know you know why we're not seeing things the way that we used to, et cetera, et cetera. Why don't we just have a consolidated place? You know, she's first, it was like, I want to call it your favorite heretic. I wanted to run it by myself. This is Rachel. She's like, you know what? It'd be better if we did it together. And that way we can point people to a resource. And I was like, yeah. that sounds great. Let's just do it. And you know, if, if anything comes of it, great, but we really just had no expectations at all. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we, that kind of led uh, a few posts in. We were kind of talking about some of our journey and uh, decided to just talk about church trauma. And uh, we, we posted on it and that kind of just took off. And in fact, the other day, I you know, Facebook memories reminds you of things. I checked on one of the, the posts uh, that one of the pages that had shared that Instagram post uh, on Facebook and it's been shared over a hundred thousand times on just yeah. one of the, the pages. And I was blown away that it even reached that number too. Um, even the other day when I saw that, but for something, for some reason that really opened our eyes and uncovered just like, not only is this just not us, not only is this not just like a, a few people that we're meeting, you know, uh, online, but it's like, Oh my God, this is like, a phenomenon that's that's affected so many people. So many people have experienced religious trauma. So many people have been through spiritual abuse, and it's a, a an absolute you know issue that goes uh, completely underneath the nose of a lot of churches, or you know it's completely bypassed. You know, and and many people, many survivors are gaslit or they're silenced. And um, I think that really just changed our focus of we want to advocate for people who feel like they don't have a voice. We want to create a safe space for people to heal. We want to be able to help others who who wish they had the words to communicate some of their feelings and their process through deconstruction, um, you know, to really have tangible resources to be able to, to also share with other people who are saying, yeah. well, what do you believe, you know? So that's, that's a little bit <laughs> of, uh, what led us to, um, to this point today. So, yeah, well, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And again, um, I, I am truly grateful for you both, you know, reaching that conclusion that, Hey, we want to give, um, we want to give other people an opportunity to kind of share their hurt, their trauma and stuff like that and give, you know, and give others an opportunity to kind of speak life and i hate those fucking cliches you know <laughs> where it's you know but it's just like i mean it, it does make sense but like yeah kind of you know 
positively, um, you know, speak into their, you know, their lives and stuff like that and just give them an opportunity to know that one, you're not alone. Mm. Two, we're going through it too. Three, there have been other people that have gotten through it and they can help you get there and stuff like that. But I mean, it's just, it's not judgmental. Every once in a while, you might have one person where it's like, oh, either you're new here or you're just not having a good day or whatever. But for the most part, I just see so many people like flocking to these posts, wanting to encourage people, wanting to, you know, let them know, hey, no, you're absolutely right. The way that this person handled that was, you know, extremely wrong. People that are, you know, that were hurt, you know, finding healing and stuff mm. like that. I mean, it, it's beautiful. It's very ironic because this is what the church was supposed to be. And yeah. It's not. And that's the reason why I, you know, why I take joy in being a part of this group is because it shows me a couple of things. One, they are not the gatekeepers of morality. Two, they're not mm -hmm. the gatekeepers of, you know, um, healing and all this other stuff. And three, at the end of the day, like you could go without this stuff and be just fine. These mm -hmm. groups are showing me that, you know, it's, it's okay to be able to walk away and say, you know what, this doesn't make sense anymore. This mm -hmm. is something I can't be a part of because of X, Y, Z. I'm definitely not going to be a part of a, you know, a belief system where this person can't be a part of it because they are a member of the LGBTQIA plus community. Mm -hmm. These people can't be a, a, a part of it because they believe black lives matter, not yeah. all lives matter. You know, you know, these yeah. people can't be a part of it because um, they're pro-choice. And it's just like all of these things right here to where it's like, this is supposed to be the most loving and kind and, you know, the reflection of Jesus. And they mm -hmm. really don't see that if they really put a mirror on themselves, they would see they are the polar fucking opposite of that. And yeah. that's why I'm just like, you know what? I could do, do without Christianity as a whole because none of it lines up to what I truly want in my life. And what I want in my life is to one, be a positive impact, but two, just to be able to live and exist without this pressure of doing something the wrong way and being damned to hell. You know what? Mm. If there is something like that, that does exist and stuff, stuff like that, I'm just too exhausted to sit here and try to fight it. If that's what, if that's what my final resting place is, then so be it at this point, because, you know, I would rather just go the rest of my days, making sure that I'm a good person to other people as much as I possibly can. And if I mess up, then I turn around and do what I got to do. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to gaslight someone else who's calling me out on something. I'm not going to sit here and make it seem like this person is in the wrong for checking me on something i'm gonna do what i gotta do to make myself a better person and my hope is that i'm able to give others an opportunity to do the same with themselves but the way that the church is lined up right now it's lined up to help one specific group of people and everybody else is sitting here suffering but yet you're supposed to be the kind loving you know um like i said gatekeepers of morality and shit and i'm just like yeah mm. i'm good with that but yeah um so yeah i appreciate you sharing that and stuff whatever and again like um some of the things that I just, I, I truly appreciate, like you mentioned, um, how you start, you know, kind of going through stuff and you post on social media and social media is definitely the, the best um, sounding board for, hey, I'm going through something. Let's see if Christians will help me. And <laughs> no, hell no, I'm not going to, I'm going to make you feel bad about yourself kind of thing. Yeah. And like one of the things that I think breaks my heart, but it also shows me again, hey, we're not alone. And you know what? Um, I, I get you. I, you know, I understand that is when other people share their <laughs> screenshots of this is what I posted. Mm. This is what this person said. And I just sit here. I'm like, how are you supposed to be this loving Christian person? And this is what you chose to say. You know, yeah. I mean, you have people who 
they quote scripture and do all this and X, Y, Z and stuff like that. But they're cussing people out in the messages. They're threatening yeah. people. Like you get under their skin enough and they forget that God exists themselves and mm. they just become this totally different person. I'm just like, see, this is what I keep talking about. Like, you know, Christians are sitting here acting like, you know, they are, you know, the, this set above everybody, you know, they're mm-hmm. separate from everyone else, but they were just like us before they found Jesus. And it's just like, are you just forgetting this or whatever? Cause you've never, you, you never stopped being that person. You just yeah. put on a mask. And now that mask makes it seem like you're totally this, you know, bigger, better person when quite honestly, you're just a mask and you're an asshole in the mask, you know? <laughs> That's so, so true. That, this is something right there that just definitely, it blows my mind. But I mean, I, I laugh when I see these posts. I try not to laugh at the post. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I try not to use a laugh emoji on the post, but I'm laughing at the individual who decides to be righteous and then, you know, yeah. see how it's just falling apart, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it is because, you know, and, and I think it goes back to a lot of uh, supremacy that that's that's interwoven within a lot of church space church spaces yeah white supremacy for sure yes and I think that the problem is is when you have this ideology that sets itself up as the arbiter of truth yeah. to determine what is like you said gatekeeping what is in and what is out or who is in or who is out you know people feel like they can get away with heinous uh acts of hatred and um you know, judgment and excuse it as love because they're using the Bible as a weapon to try to save people from hell. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like the, the ends, uh, justifies the mean, uh, or, or I'm probably saying that wrong. the ends doesn't justify the means be, right. what they think it does. Right. So they're, they're like, well, I, I don't give a shit how they, I treat them. I, you know, I could be, you know, I, I could call them out and, you know, um, speak the truth. And it, even if it offends you, it shows that you need to, you know, it's like that whole gaslighting thing of people just excusing their behavior and blaming, you know, victim blaming kind of thing. You know, if someone's offended by how they're being treated by someone who's like throwing scripture at them or spiritually bypassing them. Yeah. It's not the person who's uh, you know, doing it. That's wrong. It's the one who feels hurt by it. That's wrong. And, and then they just kind of you know, have some BS excuse that they hide behind. But the problem is, is like, you know, no form of abuse should ever be tolerable and no form of supremacy should ever be excusable. And the whole idea is that, you know, you know, for an entire system that for hundreds, if not the last 2000 years has had a propensity to get in bed with empire and, and want to marry itself to power to maintain some form of influence and control over people uh, you know, it, you wonder why there's corruption that happens. Right. You see it time and time again within these hierarchical systems. You know, that's the importance of, you know, how I see a lot of people who are pushing for decolonization and, you know, having uh, you know, dismantling of, of power structures within and outside of the church. You know, the problem with Christian nationalism today is very much the same thing. You have the church in America that thinks that it needs to be this, this, uh, I don't know, this vehicle for uh, Christo fascism in a sense to where it's like the church needs to bring the kingdom of God with through the government of America, because apparently America is is God's chosen nation next to Israel, which is just so stupid. Right. So many reasons. Um, But my point of saying all this is that when you have a group of people that position themselves as the authority of truth, 
mm-hmm. they cannot be wrong no matter what. And so there's no getting through to them. And that's yeah. why I've learned over time, like I'm just wasting my energy and I'm wasting my breath arguing with these people right? because they will not believe no matter how, how clearly, you know, they are wrong. They will not admit it. Right. Because to admit that they're wrong is not defending their faith adequately. And they're, they're, um, they're, they're, they can't be wrong because they, they know the Bible and it's clearly says whatever they want it to say. Right. It's just, it's, it's a whole confirmation bias in a system that, um, ensconces itself in privilege. It really, you know, it's an environment that says, Hey, if you're a culture that is different than mine, if you're a belief system that's different than mine, if you believe uh, something about God that's different than mine, you know, then you're by default wrong because I have an inerrant Bible that tells me that I am right. And not only that I am right, but that everything works in this neat and tidy way, according to my 21st century, uh, you know, Western you know, very, very niche version of Christianity that is, you know, entirely different than what you even see, you know, in the early church. But anyway, I digress. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, and that's, I, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head on so many different things, whatever. And, and my favorite thing, especially with nationalism and Christianity, like collide, like when they, when they, collide and um, intersect one another you just see so many things you see a lot of the glaring holes in Christianity and so many people that have been on the podcast especially in season two um, said the start of their deconstruction was 2016 mm-hmm. uh, when Trump you know ran for president and was elected because he started seeing at that moment Um, where a lot of people just was just like, okay, it's no longer about, you know, who's the best candidate. It's a matter of, okay, this is a Republican. They, they say all the things that I like and everything like that. I'm going to go with this person to, to where it just got to a point to where they lorded Trump as like the Pope, almost like they worshiped and idolized this guy. And this guy, I would take it a step further. I would say they even lorded him as like another Jesus. They really made him this messianic figure yeah. Who was going to bring in this like reign of, of like God's blessing on America, yeah. which is such a messianic figure. It's a, I mean, and it's a joke, right? Because, uh-huh. you know, here's the thing, um, you know, and, and you kind of touched on it earlier, is that you have a group of people that are content with someone saying all the right things, but living a complete ass backwards life. But as long as you say the right things, then you're on their team. But isn't that true of so many Christians? As long as you say the right things and believe the right things, then you're good to go. But you can live like an asshole. And that's the problem of this overemphasis with like doctrine and believing the right things. It's like, okay, you can say you believe all these things and be an absolutely horribly bigoted and hateful person. Right. That's why some of the most abusive people around are a lot of those who are these pastors and church leaders. I mean, you've got that dude, Greg Locke in, you know, uh, I think it's in Tennessee. Yeah. You know, he's, I mean, he's spewing all sorts of crazy things from the pulpit, getting like way too much spotlight for it. And it's like, it has a track record of just horrible, horrible things. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I mean, like it's horrible. Like the, 
the the excuse that people give just because they wear the the badge of of uh christian and they believe x y and z which is like okay you can say you believe these things but it's like i mean not to get like even thrones you know these cliches out there like we were saying earlier but like there is a bit of truth to like faith without works is dead right you know you can say that you believe a bunch of things but if you if you're not living a lifestyle of love and if you're not living in a way that's making people you know feel safe and 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 like they belong and you know um like that you're participating and seeing justice happen like like are you really you know living this thing out or are you just like talking all the right talking points which trump knew how to do because he's a master manipulator and he manipulated an entire mass of people because he said he was christian he posed with a fucking bible you know in the midst of riots happening right lunatic i mean just it's it was all for show and he was he's so masterfully manipulated it's not even funny and what's crazy about that thing is the man said years ago that if he ever ran for the presidency, that he would run as a Republican. And he bashed the Republican Party and said this is why he would do it. And then he fucking did it and proved himself right. I'm not giving this man credit, but he was right because they ate that shit all the way up. And this dude up and down swore that he would run as a Republican for XYZ and did the exact same thing. And it's as if no one saw it or they just totally forgot it like it just went over their heads and it's just it's crazy and um so when 2016 happened you could start seeing the shift and then when it got to 2020 it was you know everything just kind of collided and a lot of people i know a lot of people definitely started their deconstruction phase during that time period like for me i was done because you know i got furloughed from a church they said they would never you know they wouldn't do it um without going Mm -hmm. through these steps and then they end up furloughing me anyway and then they ended up uh terminating me because my entire campus got shut down um i was mm. a worship leader so at that point i'm just like okay i think i'm done when i got for a lot of was like why am i doing this like i mean what like do i even believe do i even feel it anymore like have i ever felt it like i mean i just started questioning everything mm. um you know couple that with uh you know with, with, with all the uh the shootings and stuff like that and yeah, all the other stuff going down and i'm just like yeah i think i'm done like i i think at this point or whatever it's not lining up the way it needed to and you know it just and that just started the whole thing for me like my my world was turned upside down man like mentally yeah. like i said i was fucked for two years um mm. I'm, I'm at a point now to where it's like i feel really good about where i am but it was hard you know having to see that and go through that lens and so many of the people that i did you know um that i did navigate you know that i was in circles with started falling off. Like you said, I got unfriended by some people. I got the messages in private saying, you know, you've changed or you're going through things. My, my favorite one is the one that people try to hit me with this all the time as if I've never heard it before. I went through this too. Well, why are you telling me that? Like, I mean, you saying that as if it's going to change my mind, dude, like you're not the only person to say that. Yeah. I get (laughs) it. You've gone through it too. You went. Yeah. It's just a phase. You'll, you'll be, you'll you'll figure it or like you'll be back kind of thing like uh, almost like a narcissist says to you know uh someone that they abuse like as a manipulative tactic to get them to like have this sort of like bond to them where they feel like they need yeah and that's the problem with the church is like you know instead of actually advocating for agency and seeing spiritual freedom as a beautiful gift like there's, there's this need to control people, whether it's like controlling people's bodies and purity culture, or, or it's controlling people's minds and how they think and overly uh, mandating certain doctrine. 
it's there's this undergirding of fear because again at the end of the day it's there's this there's this terror like oh if you don't believe the right way it's not how you live it's it's if you don't believe the right way and think the right way then you're going to end up in eternally tortured right which is like how how weird if you really dissect that so it's about me mentally ticking off the right boxes but i can live like hell as long as i still believe the, you know the right things and maybe say sorry to god right know? Like, is that, is that really like what, what, like this revolutionary, like grassroots movement of a Middle Eastern, you like, uh, revolutionary, AKA Jesus, like really was all about in his life and teaching. Like I, I venture to say, no, like it was, no. it was so much about, uh, ending oppressive systems and including the marginalized and doing something that was so subversive to a, a system that thrived on uh you know oppression and hello here we are again in this day and age faced with the same cycle of you know people are being uh oppressed and marginalized and you know the very people that should be on the front lines advocating for those uh those who are being marginalized are the ones who are being silent and standing by and again i think that's like you were saying earlier that's what a lot of people have said you know what this is bullshit that the church just I can't seem to to like wake up and, and get how dysfunctional it is. Yeah. Like when you make it all about this image and being the cool church and having like the right, you know, uh, sounding worship. I was a worship leader too. You know, like all these things that, you know, it's like, can I be a trendy church where there's like this cool Instagram and, you know, everybody likes our logo and, you know, our, our, our pastor wears flip flops and, and skinny jeans and has a cool haircut. It's like, the fuck are we doing? Like, what are you right. doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, what good is that doing? So people feel warm fuzzies for 30 minutes on a Sunday and go like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, cool. Well, the church is getting more money. They don't give a fuck. Right. Like, <laughs> anyway, my that's that's a tangent. But my uh, point is, is like... <clears throat> there's there's so much dysfunction and it's like the more things that you you uh like turn over it's like you know the more lights that you turn on and expose like it's how do you deny it so like to your point it's it, it gets to that that space where you know it's just like what's the point of even being involved with any of this and exactly yeah yeah because i mean it's just somewhere along the line like these churches have lost their way and it's just mm -hmm. it's so wrapped up in trying to be trendy and cool and mm -hmm. all the stuff. And I mean, hey, I had a blast. I was in like I, I served or I was a worship leader at like six different mega churches in South Florida um, mm -hmm. before we moved here to, you know, to Georgia. Um, and like and I had a blast at a couple of them because, you know, I like you know the, the ability to be able to be me or what I thought was me and to express myself freely and stuff, being able to do cover tunes and stuff at some of these churches. It was really cool. But it's just like everything felt like really milk level and it didn't mm -hmm. really get to the meat level it wasn't really going like the, the you know the bible studies and stuff like that we're not really talking about substance and stuff but then not only that not only could they not elevate beyond that when it came to teaching the scriptures and stuff they stayed there with other things especially current events happening in society and the answers that they gave they you know they gave the um 
very rudimentary or, you know, just very like remedial answers when it came to, you know, things in society, you know, with uh, same sex marriage or you know, mm-hmm. or stuff like that. They couldn't really give anything of substance or when they did, when they tried to provide something, the scripture they used was wrong. It was inaccurate. They couldn't figure something out or find it there because it was not something that, you know, first off, a lot of these letters were not meant for the entire, you know, faith it was for that group of individuals there but they try to apply it and make it say oh this is how it is it's supposed to be now i mean shit they didn't they didn't have electricity they didn't have any of the shit that we have now like i mean so many things have changed and if things mm-hmm. have changed and you know adapted or you know evolved over time why is it that we're still holding on to this ancient relic of a book and you know holding <laughs> it as oh this is exactly the way it needs to be 2000 years later right as if we haven't changed things based on historical um you know historical books and stuff like that from the past before like i mean there's so much shit you know hell slavery is something that happened hundreds mm-hmm. of years ago We've moved mm-hmm. past that. We've learned to not do that. We've learned to strive past that. We're still making changes and trying to get things right now as we go. Well, some of us are, you know, others, again, in the faith are trying to hold dearly to some of the most, I, you know, the, the most, it's idolatry, the shit they're trying to hold on to. And it's the craziest thing in the world because they're not supposed to be worshiping idols. And that's what they're doing. You know, they're, they're clinging as much as they can to these flags and these, you know, these monuments and statues, mm-hmm. all this shit. Like they're getting in arms when, you know, <laughs> fucking Aunt Jemima's name got changed. They get, <laughs> they're in arms when, you know, like when all these random shit is changed and, and people are doing things. And, and, and again, this is a tangent of my own because first off, one, we didn't ask. We, as black people, didn't ask you to change Angel Mom's name. We don't care about that shit. We said, mm. Mammy picture. Get away mm. from Mammy culture because that right there is offensive to black people. And mm. maybe her family wasn't necessarily feeling it, and that's fine. But we're not a monolith. We don't all agree. Change yeah. that part. Don't change the name of the company. What the fuck is that going to do? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just a matter of you are, um, you're, you're, you're being, uh, you're caving to the pressure of shit that white people are telling you to change. Black people don't say change that shit. You did that. So they're telling you to do something you did. It's just like, it was just a random weird thing that, you know, like they start doing this stuff. But then again, you have, like I said, these these people who claim to be, you know, faith-based and stuff, and they're wanting to cling to it and hold on to it for really weird and odd reasons. And it's just like, at the end of the day, it's just like, man, like, you've completely lost your way. You're supposed to be loving other people. You're supposed to be there, you know, so showing that you care and understanding stuff. But y'all are, you will willing to, willing to die for shit that really should be changing. And it's, you know, it's shameful. So at the end of the day, like, you know, you've said it, I've said it, it's just a matter of what's the point? Why, you know, why are we still hanging on to this? Why are we still holding on to something that clearly has no, you know, intention of changing for the equity of everybody to make sure everybody has an equal seat. Everybody is welcome to the table. And that's the biggest reason why I will not step foot into another church again, because if my gay friends can't be in here, my friends who have had an abortion or would want to have one in the future can't be here. If Mm -hmm. my single mother friends can't come into this building because you're going to look at them with shame and stuff like that. If, you know, these single women can just, you know, if they can't come in here and automatically, you know, not be looked like as, as wifey material, instead of just a human being just trying to figure things out with you know, with themselves. If a trans individual can't come in without stairs and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I'm not coming there because I'm not a perfect individual. I can't check off every box. I'm in an interracial marriage. People look at me, you know, me and my wife, and it's just like, the fuck is going on here? And they're in the church. But it's just mm-hmm. a matter of like, 
But if I can check off certain boxes and they can't check off any of them and they can't come in here, I'm not going to be there. I'm sorry. With my own conscience, I cannot sit here and be a part of something that is telling them they're bound for hell for something they cannot change within themselves and should not be forced or made to feel like they need to. So I'm just yeah. like, fuck that. I'm just going to do what I got to do with my life. I show them I love them. I don't have that in a church setting. And I just won't. I refuse. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's true too, because, you know, when you have these spaces that are obsessed with conforming, uh, at conformity, like you've got to dress the same way, you've got to talk the same way, you've got to yep. think the same way, you've got to behave the same way, uh, you know, worship the same way, all, all this, it's like, it, you create these cookie cutters where, you know, this idea of, of having individualism and, uh, you know, the, the sense of allowing people to belong as they are, isn't a real thing. Like it's, it's all fake. And that's, that's been, that's the problem to me when you have, uh, these institutions that function as businesses, but they are also masquerading as nonprofits. Mm-hmm. right where where they're selling a product which is like essentially salvation and uh you know uh basically having free labor by working volunteers down to the their fingers down to the bone which is yep. horrible i mean just the the amount of abuse that exists within that and you know just shaming people for leaving if they do uh yeah or you know, uh, causing people to question uh, themselves if, you know, like you said, if, if they're, uh, if they come out or whatever it may be, or you know, so many things that it, it, it all, again, goes back to that shame and fear of like controlling people and making people feel like, you know, the only way that they can be accepted is if they, you know, fit the right mold. Right. Yeah. But the reality is, is that number one, none of us were meant to fit a mold. And number two, that's just not sustainable. Like it's abusive. It, it's, it's downright abusive. And it's, and it's, it's something that more and more people, again, with the, the phenomenon of deconstruction, they're recognizing it, they're waking up to it and they're saying, I'm not, I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah. I'm not going to stand by and, and watch this dude who is, you know, essentially this like wannabe celebrity talk from the pulpit and, you know, think that he's God's gift to the earth as he turns around and treats his family like shit and pretends like he's, he's like this perfect image of uh, what it means to be spiritual or whatever, what it means to know God. And it's like, you know, it's just the amount of hypocrisy, the amount of, uh, of abuse, the amount of sexual abuse that, that is excused because a pastor, you know, loosely apologizes for, you know, rape or something horrible. Um, you know, it's just outrageous the amount of harm that goes on within church spaces that is excused under the, you know, under the label of grace, but you know, who's left to harm to, to, to suffer is the survivor. Yeah. The person who's been, who's been abused, the person who's been victimized and, and absolutely treated like shit, they're discarded while their abuser gets to be replatformed and, and, and applauded because they, they did the brave thing of, of uh, apologizing. And you know, what's going to happen is they're going to, there's other victims that are going to feel silenced. 
and people who are going to feel like they they don't have the ability to speak up because why what's the point they're not going to see justice they're not going to see uh, advocacy they're not going to to know what safety looks like because again they're in jeopardy of either not being believed or silenced or whatever it may be and there's so many people who have those stories in fact i remember rachel and i when we first started the account you know when we were allowing dms and responding to them yeah um i mean we we're flooded with people's stories and i mean like it got overwhelming just the consistent thread of abuse and sometimes it was sexual sometimes it was you know uh, strictly spiritual abuse but i mean whatever form of harm and abuse it, it happens so much it, it's it's sickening yeah the last place we should ever expect church or expect abuse should be in church right right because that's supposed to be the place where where those who who uh truly know god can can help people feel connected to the divine more connected to themselves, connected in a community that's safe and inclusive, and it's not. No. And that's why we're deconstructing is because we're not okay with toxic theology. We're not okay with shitty systems that oppress and and and, and um, abuse people. And you know, frankly, like I hope the church dies in in the form that it's in because, again, all I see it continuing to perpetuate is is more and more harm. Agreed. And I really do hope that, you know, the leaders that are, you know, rising up or at least the ones that are going through their training and everything like that are hearing what a lot of these people are saying, because a lot of these leaders that are falling because of the shit that they're doing and not owning up to or even if they are owning up to it and everything like that. That shit has been going on since the beginning of time. That abuse has always been there. My hope is that people that are taking their places is working to counteract that to make sure that this truly is a safe place for other people. Like I'm not mocking individuals that have a belief in and sure. faith as long as it's not trampling on the rights and beliefs of other people. I have no problem with that, but if you're going to be an asshole, stay the fuck away from people, you know? Um, but like, it's the things like that. You said it earlier, how you have to worship the same way, dress the same way, you know, sing the same way, do all these other things. That's why in my opinion, American Christianity in itself is a cult. And in the current model, how, you know, being trained to lure people in, but then you, you know, you start, um, you say, yeah, come as you are. And then they try to change you from the inside out, you know, the minute you get in there. Right. Um, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. It's exactly. that whole, that's just oh gross. God. Yeah, seriously. Don't stay that way. Everything like that. Okay. So that's, that's fine. So now we're changing everything. Oh, this is wrong. No, you're wrong. Da, 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 all this other stuff. Like, I mean, it's just a matter of, it's like a bad parent, uh, bad parenting there, you know, because the minute that someone comes against what you're saying, instead of, you know, trying to have a conversation and, and, and talk it out because you could very well be wrong. You lash out at this person. How dare you say that what I'm saying or come to, you know, come against me for what I'm saying? Bad person, you're ridiculed, you're shamed, you're exiled, and all this other stuff. Like I literally, like um, when I, you know, the church that I was in when I, you know, ended up, you know, leaving and everything like that. Like I'm not knocking that church, but I didn't hear from any of them when I got furloughed. I didn't hear from any of them when I got terminated. It just, it fell off. And that's Horrible. the common thing with a lot of other people. You walk away from something or decide you want to have nothing to do with it or you are removed. You don't hear from anybody. It's like these cliques of people. It's these cults, these, these small little cults that are going around that, you know, it's just, it's a very toxic mentality and it has to stop. It has to change. If the church is going to survive, they have to start making changes here. Otherwise, it's going to die. And if that version of the church does die, hey, I'll be there with a fucking party hat on, man, because it needs to. It really does. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Derek, man, it has been a pleasure speaking to you, man. I, I greatly appreciate you taking the time to come on and share your own experience and your thoughts on everything. I mean, I think uh, we're tracking there together. Um, Absolutely. Great. Um, and I just, you know, I encourage you to continue doing what you're doing. You and Rachel are doing some great things and allowing people to share and open up and um, share their own experiences and stuff like that. I, I pray that the pray. God damn it. Um, <laughs> uh, That's okay. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Hey, yeah. I don't I say when I say that, but no, like my, my hope is that, you know, at the end of the day, um, that the healing just continues for people, that the safe space just continues to grow, that other people understand that there are, you know, that we are there, we care, we love them, and we want to make sure that they do succeed. Like I said, the way that the church was supposed to be, um, I just, you know, I, I really genuinely hope that as, you know, this group continues to grow and, you know, you guys continue to do your thing, um, that the, you know, that the doors keep opening and, and more people keep walking in and seeing that, Hey, there is a life outside of, you know, faith. There is a, you know, group of people who may still believe, you know, belong to the faith, but they are, you know, like-minded when it comes to, you know what, we all are, you know, we are not better than anybody else. And, you mm-hmm. know, we are not unworthy because of, um, who we love or who we are or, you know, Mm -hmm. things that we cannot change. I just hope that this just continues to happen because it's stuff like this that gives me hope in humanity um, Mm -hmm. that the church would never, you know, it will never give me hope in ever again. Yeah. Well, thank you again for having me. I I genuinely enjoyed getting to to talk with you. And like you had said too, yeah, I definitely feel like we, we, uh, we both resonate with very similar things and, you know, I, I just wanted to, to finish with saying that, you know, for anybody who may be feeling, you know, alone in this process of questioning or scared to even share, you know, what they're, what they're thinking, um, you know, when it comes to questioning their faith or, or questioning how they see God or themselves or whatever it may be, um, you know, if you're looking for, for other people who may be, uh, you know, a safe place to to share some of that. I mean, Freddie has mentioned it already, but you know, um, we have a group on Facebook, uh, called your favorite heretics discussion group. Um, our Instagrams at your favorite heretics, you know, so feel free to, to, to plug in there. Um, you know, you could also find me on Twitter at Derek, the heretic and, uh, Rachel's at Rachel's, uh, uh, Rachel's a heretic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if anyone can notice a theme there. <laughs> yeah. Heretic. Um, but anyway, no, my, my, uh, my hope is that everybody, you know, listening to this would just feel like, you know, they're not alone and and what they're feeling, their frustrations, their, their longings, their, their questionings. And, you know, I think a lot of where I find myself today is, um, learning to, to give more space and, and be okay with the questions and not so much needing to always have a resolution of answers and, you know, making peace with that. So thank you again for having me on the show. I really appreciate it, man. And, um, you know, I, I hope that, you know, that you continue doing your thing too, because this is awesome what you're doing. Yeah. Um, as long as I have the ability, as long as people want to share their story and help others, uh, I pray that, you know, God, Damn it, I did it again. <laughs> We're going to call that a Deridian slip after yeah, Derrida. <laughs> absolutely. I'm, I'm going to leave that because, you know, I'm not, I'm not subscribed to that anymore. No, um, <laughs> I, as long as I have the opportunity to be able to do this, um, I, I'm going to keep the door open. So, you know, as long as individuals want to come and share their own experience, I'll be here because, you know, that's what helped me get to where I am now. And I just want to help others, you know and uh, impact them uh, the way that others have impacted me. So for sure. Mm -hmm. Thank you again, man. I do appreciate it. Anytime.
Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. To get updates on new episodes, please subscribe. Do us a favor, share the podcast on social media with your friends, family, and enemies. Leave a rating or review for others to be able to discover the content, whatever you want. We just appreciate your time and energy. Thank you again, and have a good one.